From the city of 100 Hellos, Brooks, Alberta, Canada, this is the Global Village Podcast with Ahmed Kasim. This is Ahmed Kasim, Global Village uh, Podcast, our first segment. We are very glad to have uh, our MV, Martin Shields, and our Mayor, Barry Morshida. Welcome to the program, both of you. Thank you for the invitation, Ahmed. Thank you. Uh, today, we are very excited. It's the first segment of the new Global Village uh, Podcast. Yeah, uh, Martin, uh, what are the uh, impacts of the COVID-19 on our community and resources uh, that are available for our uh, people in this uh, area? You know, Ahmed, that's a really good question. Uh, I'm dealing with a specific topic on the Heritage Committee, and we're dealing with the music and entertainment industry in the sense of the effect that that has. There's just a new report out in Alberta, the study on it says before COVID, and this was a study that was completed before COVID affected it, the music industry is a $2 billion industry in Alberta. That $2 billion industry has stopped, not slowed down, not just got less. It is virtually stopped because that's entertainment and where people go to watch, go to listen. So all the way from venues that would host to the people that um, might work at a venue, there's lots of ripples. Then right down to the musicians themselves as performers, There, this is an industry that has stopped cold. So this is one of the challenges that people may not think about in a sense of industry and all of the lockdowns, all of the different things. But we're spending some time trying to figure out how do we keep, one, the organizations alive so musicians have a place to go back and be part of, but right down to musicians. How do we keep those people from disappearing in the Canadian music industry, just moving on to different kinds of careers and we lose them? So that's a piece that's a little different than people might think but it's a critical part in our culture as we study that under heritage. Wow, thank you. Uh, thanks, Martin. Uh, Barry, the same question, what are the impacts on our community and resources available for our people in the city of Brooks? So, you know, with the uh, because we're on the watch list now, that has moved us into a different uh, mandatory area. So right now we have a 15-person limit on social and family gatherings both indoors and outdoors. And it's, you know, um, uh, in terms of resources, you know, uh, we know that some testing is falling behind, so that's an issue going forward. We have been preparing, again, isolation spaces if that's necessary. Uh, But really this does come down to people uh, looking really closely at what they're doing. Um, We just have to be mindful for, especially for the next two-week period, uh, is just to... This 15-person limit is the is the mandatory rule, but we really all should be thinking about uh, how often we're going out, uh, where we're going, who we're gathering with. You know, uh, and, and it's clear the evidence is clearly pointing to you know schools aren't the problem, uh, restaurants aren't the problem. The problem is people primarily gathering in homes. family settings uh, and they're just not following the rules and not paying enough attention we need to do that or or we're going to have problems so you know limit those cohorts wear a mask in indoor settings um, if you can't uh, you can't distance Uh, just just be smart and we need everybody to bear down and be a little bit more mindful for a while here again oh that's that's well but uh thanks uh barry martin uh What's your view of the impact of the COVID across Canada? Uh, and how does Brooks compare and this region? Well, 
Well, I'm, that's a good question in the sense that on some different provinces do different things. The Atlantic provinces have had an Atlantic bubble for a long time. So the MPs do not come to Ottawa from the Atlantic provinces because when they go back, they are uh, they have a two-week <coughs> isolation. So it, it's, it's very different in the sense of Parliament because there's only about 20% of us here on any given week. <coughs> I cough, but I don't have COVID. No. Um, <laughs> But traveling is, is one of the things that I see across the country. When I travel, the amount of people that, that are on flights are, are few, <laughs> and the number of flights are very limited. So that is a huge part of our economy is flights and travels and travel agencies across the country. And I think our air flights are running at about 7% of pre-COVID. So that's a lot of people who work in the airline industry across the country is being affected. And so that one is a challenge that I see personally. And, and it's tough out there. Uh, the WestJet pilots, for example, they took a 50% pay cut <coughs> so people could keep working. But at it, 7% of the flights, that doesn't last either. So that's one of the challenges that I see nationally out there. Another one, and it's another topic we're going to be dealing with, is the effect of COVID on sports. For example, the Brooks Bandits, um, those are a minor hockey league team. They can only have 100 people come to the game. So we're looking at how COVID has affected sports, because sports is a huge part of our communities uh, across the country. And Brooks Bandits is an example of that in, in our town. So the challenges of COVID on other things around like sports people think of maybe the essential we need to protect lives and livelihoods but there's a lot of those livelihoods that are affected by other things in our community and sports is one of them well but uh, thanks martin um mayor berry as you know covid not only has a uh, effect on uh, economics and all that but also it has a effect on the mental health of our uh, residents in brooks and count of newell what what are your thoughts People, for example, when they are isolated at home and all these restrictions, what, that will affect their mental health. Uh, what do you have? Um, do you have any thoughts on that one? Well, you, you know, there's no doubt about it that people's mental health uh, are affected when they're isolated, and particularly in the atmosphere that we're talking about, where you know we're asking people to to do uh, to be more restrictive, not less. And I, I you know, I. I think there are a lot of resources available to help that. I mean, first of all, I think we have to be talking about it, um, whether it's with our, our, our friends, our, our loved ones. Uh, if that's not working, there's certainly a lot of resources. I know the school system has a lot of extra resources when it comes to mental health. Um, I know AHS has revamped some of their activity here in this area and with regards to COVID in Alberta to provide some enhanced service. Um, but, but uh, you know, we... We can't avoid uh, having the conversation. I think that's, that's the main thing. And I think there's a lot more willingness to talk about it and to try to get those messages out. Uh, again, reaching out to people and looking for those resources, there's a lot of navigation systems that are built in right now to help people through it. And I would encourage people to keep track of their friends and keep track of their neighbours and make sure that they aren't uh, isolated for any longer periods of time so that you know, they're, we're as normal as we can be in this abnormal situations. So, um, you know, again, being kind, treating people each other, treating each other 
uh, with kindness and consideration is now uh, more important more than ever with regards to mental health for sure. Uh, that's well put, thanks. I think that's a great message for the uh, community to make sure that uh, neighbors, uh, to know the neighbors and reach out to friends and everyone. So I think that's how we pull off last time and we hope uh, to do the same going forward. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, Martin, uh, there's a lot of uh, problems in terms of COVID and the pandemic and people are having a COVID um, problems all the time and they're becoming a little bit uh, overwhelmed with this messaging. What good messages and optimism that uh, there is a light at the end of the tunnel uh, you might have for the, for the community? Well, a couple of things, Ahmed. I'm an optimistic person, so I believe that that we will, the economy will rebound. Um, people will find ways to adjust. I've seen lots of businesses uh, throughout the constituency find different ways to innovate and uh, find a way to keep their businesses alive. We've got a lot of creative business people out there that have figured out things to make it work especially in smaller communities where maybe there's only one or two restaurants or one or two small businesses that provide services in those smaller communities, they've really supported that because realizing if they lose that, they may never be back. So it, it's really interesting to see some of the positive things that are going on in the community. And as the mayor said, there's a lot of people reaching out and reestablishing friendships uh, that they may not have had for years. I've had businesses who said, people have come into my store that I haven't seen for 20, 30 years, but they live in the area, but now they've stopped in just, just to check and see how are things, the business, uh, or buy something locally. So I think there's been some reestablishing it. The challenge in the sense, and, and the mayor's mentioned that if those people who have been isolated for a long time, uh, I, I worry about students who spend six months on social media. I really worried about students, uh, They've been living in a different world, and, and we've got to keep the schools open and find ways for students to stay active and in person and not just live in the social media. So I think there's more things that, that people will do positively. Uh, they'll do more creatively. So I think the, there's ingenuity in Canada, and people find those ways, and we just need to make sure we support that happening. Yeah, that's well, but uh, same uh, question to... Uh very uh, any optimism any uh, uh, at the end of the tunnel there is a light coming and hopefully we can pull all uh, collectively together this pandemic and put behind us and good days are ahead of us so what are your thoughts on that one uh, Perry? Well I, I'm with Martin uh, I'm certainly optimistic about the future I think we have to remember that our recent history shows that we can overcome a, a significant uh, challenge with COVID-19. I mean, you remember the numbers were astronomical. We don't want to go there again, but I think there should be some comfort and some optimism in the fact that we came through that. Now, and since then, what's happened in terms of the business community and, and some of the other things going on, you know, we've got the school restart going and, and as much as we are watching it, it's going really well when you consider there's 4,400 students in the system and, and we've had as little uh, few of issues as we have, and that's a credit to both the school systems here doing a great job. I think the business has come back, you know, it's busier. Uh, but again, we, we need to remember 
what took us there. And our optimism and our hope has to be borne out in the actions we take. And those actions have to be the ones that took us through the last crisis. And that is is the distancing and just being smart because we're protecting not just ourselves, we're protecting businesses and we're protecting the future uh, by being uh, very smart when it comes to what happens over the next couple of weeks, next couple of months. The other piece of optimism is, you know, a vaccine. Uh, Pfizer made a great announcement today that, you know, it's 90% effective. And while it's still months away for us, we can look forward to those those uh, outcomes from all of this research and all of the companies getting together and all the resource that's being put to that. So that's another piece of optimism that we can't lose track of. But in the interim... Um, you know, we're going to have cases and cases are going to go up and down and we might go from zero to 100 and, and those kinds of things are going to happen. But remember, we've been through this before. We can continue to progress in terms of the economic re- relaunch. We can continue to progress in terms of making sure, as Martin said, people have ability to socialize and, and do it in a smart way. Don't lose sight of those things because we can still manage that. Uh, and, and then there's there's still hope on the future. And I, I think we've lived through that. We're gone through that. We just have to make sure that we continue to move forward with that same attitude and that same work ethic. Yeah, you mentioned, the mayor mentioned something about being kind. And I think that that is so critical. We have a lot of people out there providing services. And sometimes I startle them when I say, thank you for being here so I can buy my groceries. I appreciate you doing these things. You know, we we need to remember, uh, and the mayor is, is so right, we've got to be kind and respectful of those people out there that provide the services that are so essential to us and the risk that they're at. So being kind is really an important piece of that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, fully agreed. And I think uh, essential workers are not... Uh, whether they are from the grocery, uh, JBS employees who uh, are part of that essential and other uh, uh, essential workers around our region. I think they have done a, uh, and they, we appreciate their uh, uh, tireless effort and sacrifice for the common good of all. Uh, Martin, what, uh, what do you think the prevention of COVID in terms of washing hands and masks as well as six, if if you are a close to a uh, lot of people, uh, have your mask. Is there any message uh, you think that might also part of that prevention you might want to share with the community? Well, you know, a year ago, if you'd walked into places with a mask on, they'd be calling the police. Um, society has changed significantly, and it, it, the older you are, changing habits sometimes is tough. But I always carry a mask, but I'm sometimes reminded, hey, you got your mask? Oh, geez, yep, there it is in my pocket. Um, so I think it's it's sort of the habit in a sense of remembering mm-hmm. uh, that that's something you need to do. Um, washing hands uh, is getting more of a habit. It's just changing those things that um, we haven't done for a lot of people. The mask is one is, is different parts of the country, it's, it's different. Um, that the mask wearing has been part of it for a long time. Some of it, not so much. But I think more people are becoming aware in, in social settings and different places that it's just becoming something that sort of lessens the risk for themselves and others. That's very nice of you. Barry, uh, you want to add that? Uh, I don't think there's much more to say except what Martin said. We should be considerate of others when it comes to wearing a mask. And, and it's just, it's just part of uh, another 
risk mitigation strategy you know we talked about with the numbers going up to try to limit your gatherings and and if you don't have to do it don't do it you know don't go and visit if you don't have to go and and if we keep healthy then obviously the opportunity if you have to go places you know those those basic rules martin spoke about them of you know keeping your hands clean uh keeping your distance if you can't keep your distance wear a mask uh when asked to wear a mask be reasonable and, and wear one and, and we'll all be safer as a result of that um does this eliminate COVID? i don't think anybody said any of this would but what it does is it just mitigates the risk to an acceptable level and uh, we can't stop this from happening we can't stop this from spreading but we can certainly slow it down and make it manageable and so uh, just using all of the tools we have at our disposal including mask wearing when when that's the only option you have uh, you should be doing thank you very much uh, mayor perry and uh, martin uh, we are very honored to have uh, our md martin shields and uh, our mayor perry morshida and lucky to have both of you as our leaders in this region. We had a tough time in the past, and we bullied off because of the quality and great leadership that you have shown. I'm very confident uh, in the future we will be able to collectively to bullet off. Thank you, Ahmed, for the invitation, and thank you for the work that Global does in our community in your years of working in this program. Thanks, Ahmed. Yeah, same from here, Ahmed. It's uh, great to have another uh, channel to make sure people are uh, getting some information and having the chance to see what's going on and, and how they can contribute. It's always good to have you uh, doing that. Thanks a lot. This has been the Global Village Podcast with Ahmed Kassim. For more information, go to globalvillagecenter.ca.